takes 40 to 50 years to build an ecosystem. You don't just do it. And an ecosystem isn't just about we need capital. An ecosystem is a comprehensive network of, of interconnected systems that work together to identify and support and retain entrepreneurial talent. It takes 40 to 50 years to build that. And it's not just we need incubators or we need capital. It's a culture shift. It's a mindset. You know, how do you change, in this case, a 300-year-old city that became complacent and insular? You know, it's not about funding startups. It's about changing how we think about ourselves and changing a, a culture of insularity to openness and a culture from what if it fails to what if it works. Welcome to the Blue Economy Primer, a New Orleans-based podcast where you learn from the experts, the practical tools and solution sets that will empower your community to adapt and thrive in a new blue era of rising seas and economic discontinuity. Special thanks to the Dan Lucas Memorial Foundation and the Pontchartrain Conservancy for their financial and institutional support of Deep Blue Academy's education and research initiatives. On today's episode, we are speaking with a visionary community leader in the New Orleans tech innovation and entrepreneurship space. He is founder of the Idea Village Accelerator and a key architect of the city's nascent startup scene, which he helped conceive back around the year 2000. Tim, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience, please? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Great to see you. Uh, my name is Tim Williamson. I am one of the co-founders of NUCO that is headquartered in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, we are a venture studio that is uh, exploring Web3 uh, right here in our beautiful city of uh, New Orleans. Fantastic. Well, at Deep Blue, we're particularly interested in innovation ecosystem development, and I'm excited to have you as one of our first guests because arguably you're one of the fathers of the modern innovation ecosystem of New Orleans. Could you talk a little bit about your return to New Orleans around the year 2000 and kind of what was going on there, what was going on in the country, and, and what you and some of your, your cohort brought back to New Orleans? Sure, yeah. And, and it's funny, the word ecosystem wasn't even talked about in 2000. But um, first, I am born and raised in New Orleans, uh, born in the 60s. Uh, Left in the 80s, my, my walkabout was New York, Boston, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. Uh, and came back home in the late 90s in the city of New Orleans. And at that time, uh, New Orleans um, had developed one of the worst education systems in the country, uh, the highest crime rate. Uh, corruption was cool. Actually, a, a, a governor ran, uh, when he was running for governor, his bumper sticker was, vote for the crook, it's the right thing to do. And, and he actually won. Um, uh, our Saints, uh, the football team, was a, uh, had never had a winning season. So this city had gone through a 40-year decline. Uh, and so a couple of us who had recently moved back home end up at a bar talking about that. Uh, so we were, were as start, mid-30-year-olds. We loved the city, but something was wrong. And that sort of inspired a conversation around entrepreneurship and ecosystem building. And what happened next? W well, we fought. We argued. The, the thing about all this... We were all born in New Orleans, we all left, and we all went to different high schools, so we didn't agree about anything. And one day, one of the guys just says, you know what, we gotta just stop talking, let's do something. And the problem is, you know, who cares? I mean, who cares about, you know, you know the problems in the city? And we, we collectively agreed that it really wasn't about the education system, it wasn't about crime or corruption. The, the problem, uh, quite frankly, was the leadership. The leadership here had let us down. 
Uh, we developed an insular leadership community who really wasn't thinking about new ways to, to move our city. So the big idea was we need new leaders. And as you start talking that through is what type of leaders you needed, entrepreneurial, innovative, creative, risk-taking, all those great adjectives around entrepreneurship. And then you know, finally we said, you know what, let's just go find them. You know, um, how do we how do we find these entrepreneurs? And so one one of the guys said, I'll put up two grand. Who's in? So we each put up two two thousand dollars for a ten thousand dollar business plan contest. Ten thousand dollars best idea. Let's see if there's any entrepreneurs in the city. And uh, two days later, we got a call from a lawyer said, I read about this ten thousand dollar contest. Can I talk to you? And we said, okay, and we thought we did, you know, might have done something wrong. And he goes, I love the idea. I'd love to put up $25,000 worth of legal services. It was like, okay, great. And then over the next 60 days, we had about $125,000 worth of goods and services contributed to this nascent little contest. Um, and that kicked off something, uh, something within the city where we had 70 entrepreneurs show up. Um, and this is pre-really internet where they gave us their business plans on our, one of our uh, 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 one of the guys' porches, we had a, uh, you know, all these people show up, and you know, something sparked that we actually have entrepreneurs and people who cared about it. Um, so that was the beginning, and it, it w- there was not a master plan. There wasn't a lot of thought. It was just people who cared deeply about the city, and we believed collectively in the power of entrepreneurship to transform communities. Um, but rather than do a business plan, we said, let's just do it. And can you talk a little bit about how that eventually led to Idea Village? So, um, after going through the businesses, uh, we picked three finalists. The three finalists pitched us. We selected a winner. Uh, Petro Designs was the company. It was a startup founded by two engineers uh, from Shell. Uh, they had had an idea about a, and this is a big idea, a software program that could build oral platforms faster. Now, in 99, 2000, that was a novel idea about a SaaS model or some type of software that would build platforms faster, save tens of millions of dollars for the oil companies. So, cool idea. They got the $10,000. They got the $125,000 worth of prizes. Um, we had a party. You know, No one sued us. It was great. But the problem is they weren't ready. They were just starting up. And so we looked around to the universities. We tried to look around. Where did people go to help start their ideas and realize there's no place here? So as a group, uh, we help them with their business plan. Uh, we connect them to lawyers and bankers and different folks in the community. And we help them raise a little angel round, probably about 50 grand, $75,000 of seeding their company, and they, and they launched. And then new people, entrepreneurs came to us, say, can we help them? We're like, there really isn't an us. So the Idea Village emerged out of discussions about there needs to be some organization that was singularly focused on finding these companies, supporting them, trying to keep them here. And and the Idea Village uh, sort of was birthed out of that experience. And you worked with Idea Village for 16 years? Yeah, I, uh, I, I founded the organization uh, in 2000. Uh, we officially launched in 2002 uh, as a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, and I ran it all the way through 2016. Um, in the middle of that was Katrina, so there's a bunch of different stories around that, but I was the founder CEO uh, for 16 years. Okay, so fast forward, here we are in 2023 almost, yep. and uh, you've founded New Society. Yeah. So definitely want to talk about New Society, but can you talk a little bit about how do we get from Idea Village to New Society before New, New Society comes into being? Well, I, in 
you know, in playing back the story, we started in 2000, and then 2005 was Katrina, which was an interesting moment um, because uh, New Orleans became a startup city. You know, we were fundamentally closed in, in 2005 and had to restart everything. So the idea of entrepreneurship actually became um, embedded in our, our our ethos of survival. Um, so I did really sort of, sort of was in the middle of all that, of rebuilding an American city, and our networks exploded globally. So people around the world were connecting into this. So helping rebuild the city through entrepreneurship, um, ground up, you know, initially through retail, but then started building all the different incubators and accelerators. And, and this is where the word of the ecosystem came about, of how do you build an ecosystem that collaborated and supported and connected. Around 2016, it was you start to see it working. I mean, quite frankly, investors were coming in town, the network was in place, they had other nonprofits in place, the ecosystem was functioning. Um, we started something called New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, which become a, a global sort of uh, event where people would come in town. And quite frankly, I looked at it, and 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 it's there was a line from from Hamilton, uh, George Washington, you know, that song of, you know, you need to teach them how to say goodbye. That at some point, when you're starting an ecosystem or you're managing it, at some point you got to step aside so it can grow. So, uh, you know, when I thought it was working, at a point, the point of stepping down felt right because you need constantly new leaders emerging to lead this. Um, and so I left uh, and ran uh, the, lo- uh, the local media company, the Thomas Picayune, for a couple of years, helped them with their sort of uh, innovation and strategy. Um, but in the last couple of years, what I've been thinking about is what happens when the ecosystem works, um, meaning that once you start to have these entrepreneurs coming in town, once they start to develop success and develop wealth, you know, the real opportunity is not just wealth creation, but how you reinvest that wealth back into the city. So the new society was founded by entrepreneurs coming through the idea village and through the ecosystem, and this has been a the long tail of how you how entrepreneurship can transform communities is is how do you take that talent and that wealth and those networks and reinvest it back into a big idea, and that's how the new society emerged in the last year. And I know that you all talk a little bit about this forty year cycle in New Orleans being at, at approximately mm-hmm. the twenty year mark. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, uh, yeah, um, research out there and folks who are um, have more uh, in-depth uh, opinions about ecosystem building say it takes 40 to 50 years to build an ecosystem. You don't just do it. And an ecosystem isn't just about we need capital. An ecosystem is a comprehensive network of, of interconnected systems that work together to identify and support and retain entrepreneurial talent. Um, it takes 40 to 50 years to build that. And it's not just we need incubators or we need capital. It's a culture shift. It's a mindset. You know, how do you change, in this case, a 300-year-old city that became complacent and insular? You know, it's not about funding startups. It's about changing how we think about ourselves and changing a, a culture of insularity to openness and a culture from what if it fails to what if it works. So, you know, if people are talking about ecosystem building, this is not about starting new companies. This is about creating a, a, a sustaining system that is open to anybody to try new ideas and allowing them to scale and sustain. So it takes 40 to 50 years. I would argue that New Orleans is halfway there. You know, we started around 2000, and it's not just Idea Village. There was a, a group of people you track back that had started to build positions or systems within the city. I think Katrina scaled it. Um, but I think by 2022, 
you know, we are now seeing the benefits of this ecosystem. Um, we've had about two and a half billion dollars worth of exits in the last six months, uh, which brings about six hundred million dollars down to three hundred local families. So you start to see wealth creation. But more importantly, you have the key institutions. Tulane University has launched an innovation institute. University of New Orleans has launched their innovation uh, platform, the, the beach and everything else. Uh, you have uh, Benson Capital has started a venture capital fund. Certainly have Ida Village and Propeller. Uh, you have angel investors. And you have entrepreneurs actively leading. So for right now, the ecosystem's in place. Um, and just last week, they announced about $125 million worth of venture capital is coming in to, to fund this ecosystem. So now you have something built. What I'm excited by or interested in for the next 20 years. Now you start to run the ecosystem. You start to have it work together. Um, and not only starting more companies and launching them, but now you have the successful ones paying it back and creating that sustainable cycle of, of, of pay it forward. So the next 20 years are when we just scale it up and see how it works. So what if it works? Tell us about New Society, the manifesto, the vision. Well, understanding the what if it works is is based off sort of an origin story for Idea Village, and and not and not and very quickly that when we were starting Idea Village, we suggested that the business community do it, you know, or the the chamber do it because entrepreneurship is a key part of of economic development. And to make a long story short, you know, after three or four meetings, the head of the chamber just said no, he didn't want to support this, and we asked why, and he said, well, what if it fails? And what we thought about, that was a profound statement from the head of the business community to tell a bunch of local entrepreneurs, well, if it fails, that's the problem. Um, so the last 20 years has been trying to build a mindset of, you know, what if it works? So the new society was founded about a year ago, um, and I would argue it's probably seeded 20 years ago, about as, I, as we were helping entrepreneurs get started and scale up, you know, there was an obligation that if this works, uh, you got to pay it forward. Um, and that was part of the ethos of Idea Village. You know, we were going to support you, but when it works, that's when we get started. Um, and so I was thinking about what happens when you start to see the exits, when you start to see success. What I wanted, what I wanted to make sure is that the entrepreneurs are reconnected back into the community and really started to think about a long-term vision for where it goes and the idea of a new society. So that's where the name came up of combining the entrepreneurial talent with the existing community to forge new relationships and a new vision for the city, uh, a what if it works mindset. And then uh, about six months ago, uh, Patrick Comer, uh, who is the founder of a company called Lucid here in New Orleans, uh, was the first uh, unicorn exit. He sold for $1.1 billion, uh, a, a software company here in New Orleans. And, and I've known Patrick for 10 years, and we were talking about this over lunch, and uh, uh, the new society is ready. You know, this is what we've been waiting for. And he goes, you know, we, we need to do more than just write checks. You know, we can start new companies. That's easy. Um, we can fund nonprofits. We'll do that. But what we really should do is bring New Orleans into what's next in technology. That's really what entrepreneurs should be is the ones out front exploring new technologies. So that's when the, the new society was really born over lunch with Patrick Comer and, and Zach Kupperman, who's another entrepreneur, that what if we help lead New Orleans to explore the next age of technology, let's call it Web3, and be the, the bushwhackers, be the ones out front 
just trying stuff. Um, that's what a sea like New Orleans needs is someone out front uh, launching it um, or, or just trying new things. So the new society was launched um, May 4th of, of 2022. Yes, that is 504. Uh, uh, at 504, uh, for those who, who might not know, 504 is the area code of New Orleans. So it's a, a, a deeply personal number. But we launched it. With, with a hope, in a sense, that could we find 504 folks who believed in this vision um, and to launch uh, this global collective exploring Web3. So uh, all crazy ideas start with a, na- a bar napkin, and this is one of them. Well, and aside from the 504, you seem to spell new in a strange way. Well, I, you know, the idea of, of new is such a powerful word, but what if we could own new? Uh, but you can't really own N-E-W. That seems to be a, num- a, a name that's actually pretty profound, and, and it's hard to trademark new. But no one's trademarked new N-I-E-U-X. So I think, you know, yes, the new society is spelled N-I-E-U-X with a little French New Orleans flair. But we would like to, you know, the new society is, is you know, redefining what new means here in New Orleans. Fantastic. So you talk about the next NOLA, decentralized, democratic, transparent. What does that mean? Um, you know, after 300 years of a city, what starts to happen is you have a, you know, what ultimately happens after, you know, you know, a city progresses or a company progresses, it becomes insular and, and sometimes complacent. But what we need to do is to open up New Orleans to be more inclusive Um and that's not in addition to just race and gender, just different people coming together. Um, we need new types of peer leaderships. You know, that if you brought different people together at a peer level making decisions, that's pretty profound. I, I'm not saying the education is a hard pro- is an easy problem to solve. It's not. Crime is not an easy problem to solve. All these problems that urban cities have are, are just incredibly difficult. But what if there were a new group of peer leaders coming together to figure that out? And what if they had new tools? And that's what the, the promise of Web3 does is is bringing communities together uh, at a peer level. I mean, in a sense, the, the, the blockchain makes it transparent. You have ability to vote and make decisions together. You have ability to allocate capital together. So what if we could create a, a new society, a new network that works in a collaborative way, transparent way, and... L- using new technology to, to launch new ideas and challenge status quo. So the idea that New Orleans is a wonderful city, I love it more than anything, but could New Orleans be a model city for how communities connect and sustain themselves? And I think I think it's possible, and that's the journey we're on, is, is how do we take the 20 years of building the ecosystem, now the next 20 years of applying that skill in the network to do a bigger cause of, of creating a sustainable city. So as you know, at Deep Blue, we're particularly focused on the blue economy and blue technology. And of course, everything you're talking about is, is really exciting in terms of that sector. Can you talk a little bit about what the blue economy means to you and, and how New Orleans and all the things that you've helped create and are working on mm-hmm. could support that sort of innovation in the region? Well, I, I, I'll answer that with probably a, a, a um, an unscripted way, but... I, I've always thought that a very compelling model for for community collaboration and engagement is a, the Mardi Gras model, where no one owns Mardi Gras, but what it is is 250 different nonprofits that have figured out a way to collaborate over 250 years, and they're all unique, they're all individual, they all have their own rhythms and rituals, their own visions and goals. 
So what I hear about the blue economy, which I can talk more about, but specifically from a high level is this is an important industry to the city of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, and the country. Why can't New Orleans lead at it, be a leader in it? Of course we can, but it, what it is is it needs leadership, and it needs to plug into the broader ecosystem. And so as you and I are talking about, Greg, I think in 2022, 2023, good news is you have an ecosystem. Good news is rhythms and rituals are by coordinate, and I think you have great leadership of leading this ecosystem. You also have 125 to 200 million dollars of capital that has just been put into the ecosystem. So, the first high level, the blue economy, um, should be able to plug right in to the current ecosystem and own your own parade, own your own piece of it. Um, secondarily, how do you leverage this ecosystem to engage a global network to support? making the, the position New Orleans as a, a thought leader. And thirdly, engaging the universities, engaging the networks, and positioning this. So from a high level, this is another parade joining the, 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 the ecosystem. But we've talked about it needs leadership. And it needs people who own it and drive it on a daily basis and make this a priority for our community. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, and that's certainly what we're hoping that we can pro- help provide some of that leadership in terms of the discussions about the blue economy. Do you see any direct opportunities with the NFT space and the Web3 space that you're working on that could be applicable to these blue economy discussions and leadership for that matter? Well, I think, you know, in, in my observations for NFTs, it's really not as much as the NFT, it's about the community building. So the first question is, is, is how are you going to be building these, the community around the Blue Ocean Initiative? Um, do you have super fans? Is there a network in place? So what NFTs do, A, allows to connect a community. So, yeah, I mean, of course, you, you should have an NFT that connects the community. But secondarily, the incredible innovations about how this technology can provide transparency with the community, voting rights to the community, benefits to the community, and starts to find your super fans within the community. So I do believe that um, um, one day we're gonna stop talking about NFTs and Web3, it's just technology. And how how does technology strengthen communities? This technology not only strengthens communities, it allows it to make decisions in new ways, allows it to allocate capital in new ways, and also allows it to scale quicker. So um, I wouldn't do it to just raise money. Um, I would do it as strategically as a way to um, strengthen your community and your cause and to build value for those who are on your journey with you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you see particularly strength in sort of understanding the local calendar. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think that the, the, the magic of New Orleans, people always ask, um, you know what's special about New Orleans? So people say the music and the food and all that stuff and Mardi Gras. The answer is yes, yes, and yes. But those things are there just to connect us. That's not what makes it special, in my opinion. New Orleans is a 304-year-old city, and if you really study it, there's a, a, a remarkable cultural calendar that drives how we connect, uh, and there's a, a, a cadence and a rhythm and the rituals to how it's organized. You know, January, February, there's a, a Mardi Gras season. And then April and May, there's a festival season. Then in the summer, there's a hurricane season. And in the fall, there's a football season. There's a, there's a cadence to how this, this community organizes. 
and it's multi-generational and there's traditions that are built in. So, you know, how we connect and organize, there's a rhythm and a ritual and there's a cadence that once you understand it, you start to understand the mindset and the, the, the mentality of how folks connect. And secondarily, it's how the world connects into us. So as you and I have talked about from a blue economy, if you're launching a new initiative, the first thing you gotta understand, how do people connect already? And where should, how does the blue economy connect into this cultural calendar? Because if you're hard-coded into the cultural calendar, you become relevant. And it's something that people plan for and organize. Um, I'm not sure how many other cities around the world have it, and perhaps they do, I'd love to hear it. But there's a reason why we are 304 years old and the reason why we came back from Katrina. I just think people are deeply connected and something about the rhythms and rituals are very powerful here. Mm -hmm. So in terms of these visions that, that you have and the ideas for what's next in New Orleans, do you see any major obstacles or what are the obstacles for maybe any city, but particularly for New Orleans, from realizing that sort of vision? I, my head always goes back, the obstacles are people. I mean, and I think New Orleans has an incredible uh, track record of being complacent. You know, when things start to work, we get comfortable um, and complacently starts to set in. I think there was a remarkable group of people after Katrina who helped rebuild an American city. You've never seen so much energy, so much passion, and it was a lot, a lot of work. I would argue in the last couple of years, some people became complacent, like things weren't so bad. So I think one barrier is complacency. Um, I think the second thing is, you know, there's there's now a, a leadership changing of the guard. I mean, I'm not going back to Katrina, but that was 16, 17 years ago that people who were leading the city and rebuilding it, and you know, you had the BP oil spill, you had the recession, a lot of different things. Some leaders are tired. I mean, they, they've, they've, they've done it. They've done some work. So my question is, who's next? So are we going to have a nice transition of leadership? And I think it was happening right now. And the third thing is, is a, a centralized vision. I'm not really sure. Everyone's got their ideas, but the blue economy should be connected with technology, connected with everything else. It, got, it has to be a centralized vision. We're all driving for it. You tell me what New Orleans is going to be like in 2050. And does everyone say the same thing? So I think we need a, a common vision. Now that's easier, it's harder said than done, but those might be the barriers of, of complacency, leadership, and just common vision. Mm -hmm. And maybe you started to answer this, but then uh, as a companion to that, what do you think are maybe the accelerants or what are the things that we can do to support those changes? Well, leadership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, um, I think leadership, I think, you know, the opposite of complacency is just a, 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 we got to connect. You know, as I mentioned, the great thing about a Mardi Gras is a model, you know, everyone's agreed to for one week to connect. And that and that's a powerful thing. So how does the ecosystem connect in, a, in a rhythms and rituals and, and organize itself? And thirdly, how do we have a shared vision, you know, that, that we all can agree to? Um, the good news is, as I mentioned, there's a sense of belief now that when we came home in 98, there wasn't a belief. People believe it never was gonna happen in their lifetime. Um, I would argue people believe it is possible, they've seen it. Um, but now we're only in the second quarter. Yeah, so we're winning. I mean, we're not getting killed, we're in the game. But you and I both know the second half of the season is, is, is you gotta do it, you gotta push it up. So with what you're talking about, with new energy coming in town with a new vision, 
good news is we've got the right team. We've got the position in place, but it's going to take a lot of work. You know, uh, and I, I, I think what what needs to happen is this existing leadership needs to come together. They need to formulate a common vision, organize around the rhythms and rituals of the city, and deliver on your promise. I mean, if you said you're going to lead the blue economy, do it. We'll take on Web3. You take on tech. You take on... so. Everyone's got to do their job. And we got to hold each other accountable. So beyond the conceptual and the, and the general ideas, which I totally agree with, is there any specifically promising individuals, groups, concepts, visions that, that you see emerging that could really be rallying points or leaders in this next generation? Well, I, I tell you what we're trying to do, and I can answer the other ones, you know, I, we think that um, New Orleans' core strengths are community and connecting and our creativity. And we think that Web3 or technology has the ability to unleash our creativity. So one vision is that in the next couple of years, we can inspire a golden age of creativity um, in our city by using new tools, uh, by leveraging all these networks. So globally, if, 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 this, if we all agree by 2025 or 2030 that New Orleans will be going through a golden age of creativity where we're taking our best ideas, connecting it to, to new capital, and connecting it to a, a broader community. But people will look at New Orleans not as a place of crime and corruption or potholes. Oh my gosh, look at the innovation coming out of that community. I think that's possible. And I think that is a vision that we could achieve. Um, uh, and, and I don't know if there's any barriers other than just execution. We just can't get complacent if it starts to work. Um, you know, six months ago, people were patting themselves on the back that we had two and a half billion dollars worth of exits. That's just the beginning. That's 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 the first class graduating. So, um, I think that's a compelling vision. I think what Michael Hecht has a vision at Jana Wink around uh, the the H two O vision around the fifty million dollar project that they're working on wind and and uh, wind energy. Go for it. I love it. Tulane is investing over a billion dollars in downtown and building a biotech hub. That is an unbelievable vision, and I think Tulane's got the assets and, and leadership to do it. Execute it. You know, I know uh, Ida Village is focusing on technology and scaling up a hundred more uh, uh, billion dollar exits, uh, in whatever number it may be. Go. So I think whatever your vision is, they're all great visions. Just do it now. We don't. We got to stop talking and just execute because there's no reason why we can't we got the ecosystem we got the leadership we got the capital let's just go outstanding so uh, obviously you all are focused on new society you've got a lot of exciting things coming up what's what's next what are you most excited about for the coming months well um you know one thing that we happen to have that nobody else has is uh we have a campus on the mardi gras parade route so here we are in a beautiful place, you know, 10 feet from St. Charles Avenue where Mardi Gras will be happening. So one, what we're about to launch is uh, the first ever Mardi Gras NFT. Uh, we're going to be using um, new uh, technology, the AI-driven design. So the 504 members are each designing their own NFT uh, about what Mardi Gras means to them. So the idea of, of introducing new new ideas to the 504 founders um, uh, is compelling. This 
NFT will give people access to the campus, um, which is easy. I mean, there's going to be bathrooms and beer. That'll be fun. But more importantly, we want to make a, a new uh, position in the calendar where every January, February, the world can come into New Orleans and see Mardi Gras in a different light. So it's not just about the parades and parties, which it is. It's going to be fun. But they're also going to be able to see the Web3 innovations coming out of New Orleans. So it's a we're looking to hard code within the calendar. Every January from January 6th all the way through February 21st, which is Mardi Gras Day, we're going to showcase the Web3 innovation of food, art, music, and cultural experiences while at Mardi Gras. So imagine like a South by Southwest on the Mardi Gras route. So that's an exciting thing, I think, to try something new. It will be the first ever Mardi Gras NFT, but more importantly, engage in a global community into seeing us in a new light. We do that every year. We start to build a, a rhythms and rituals around the world to see who we are. And then in March, we're going to scale up the new society from 504 to 5,000. And that will be ultimately the marketplace, where we start to have a marketplace of creators and a marketplace of buyers. And we're hoping that we inspire a global community to, to look to New Orleans to buy our food, our art, and our music, and our cultural experiences through uh, this new technology. So the next 90 days will be fun here. Um, uh, but all through a Mardi Gras day. Fantastic. Well, if we come back and talk to you three to five years from now, what's, what does success look like for you with your, your new ventures here? Well, I would love one is uh, the Wall Street Journal will have a headline that will say New Orleans is going through the golden age of creativity. So I want to see that. They had a headline, a, a bad headline a little while ago. And I would love a third party to say, to validate no one's going through the global age of creativity. Um, secondarily, we, I would love to see an artist from New Orleans launch a million dollar project. Uh, you know, back at Idea Village, the billion dollar exit was the mark. If we had a million dollar project from a local artist that was created out of the new society, someone was sitting here having a, a drink at the bar and came up with an idea and they launched a million dollar project and creating new wealth for the artist community would be amazing. But then thirdly, I think um, the Super Bowl have just come by here in 2025. And I would love when this when the Super Bowl comes in town, New Orleans is ready. And when the world says, what are you guys doing? We are lined up ready to showcase the innovations in food, art, music, blue economy, technology. We're ready to scale. Um, and I would love to, you know, in five years to say, um, you know, the next 20 years, you know, the momentum's going um, and new leadership has emerged. So I think it's, it's, it's uh, we're in, we got we got the opportunity. We got the position. We just got to execute. That sounds great. Well, I'm certainly excited to be back in town and, <laughs> and uh, hearing about these vi these visions. Anything else? Is there anything else that uh, I didn't ask that you would like to talk about or that you're excited about? Well, I, I think, you know, even sitting here, what I'm excited by is, um, I'm not going to use the word new, because this is under new, but we can do the NIUX, new people like yourself coming into town and hopefully feeling comfortably able to plug in. And that's, I might ask you that question that, you know, this city only survives when we have new energy able to not only come here to live, work, and play, but to feel like they're part of the ecosystem. Um, that's the only way this is going to survive. So I'm going to flip it back to you saying, you know, how's it been on your journey back in? Um, what excites me is to meet someone like you 
where you know you can plug in and if you have an idea around launching the blue economy you know how can we help you do that so my question is how do you feel about it yeah well for me it's been an amazing journey i in my work never particularly imagined a reason to come back to new orleans so as somebody who spent most of their life living in other parts of the world and other parts of the country and particularly in the bay area and around the silicon valley influences and that innovation ecosystem I never saw a particular reason to return here. So returning two years ago in the middle of the pandemic and seeing the opportunity to engage uh, culture and economy and the environment in a way that could bring value here and then being surprised by how much I felt at home, returning to home and reconnecting with that culture, that's been a real joy. And then to be able to find the dots to connect the timing of the new society and and what gno inc is doing and what organizations like idea village and revelry labs and uh propeller Mm -hmm. of these things that i recognize from 20 years in the bay area and being able to plug into those things and find like-minded people who are ready to realize the vision that you're talking about that to me has been extremely motivating, mm-hmm. extremely exciting, and for the first time in my life, doing it in a place where I have roots, I have skin in the game, and I'm ready to make a long-term investment. So that's been really energizing for me. So it's been a real joy mm-hmm. to connect with New Society and these other uh, initiatives in a way that I absolutely did not expect at all because of growing up with a vision of New Orleans, which frankly, though romantic, was a little bit more related to that complacency and lack of innovation idea. Well, yeah, it, it, it's not to make it superficial, but you know, when uh, Steve Gleason blocked that punt after uh, Katrina, for the first time we thought we could win. You know, and that idea, you know, we've got the team to win, and obviously the Super Bowl in 2009 um, and 10. And the point about that, that, if New Orleans has a, a belief system that we can win, there's no better city in the world. And I think that opportunity for this group that you've talked about, you know, this is not a new idea. This is 20 years in the making. You know, the Michael Hex of the world and, the, and this, you know, Rebecca and the folks. I think, you know, there's a, a feeling that we can not only win, but give a city to our kids that ultimately they're able to have a sustainable life too. So, yeah, we're glad you're here, and we're glad you're part of the the crazy journey. And uh, um, uh, you know, it, it's it's not going to be easy, but as long as we all have a shared vision, and everyone's doing what they're supposed to do, we have a shot to 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 create a sustainable city. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Tim. I really appreciate it. It's been a great conversation. I'll look forward to what's next. Thank you. All right. Thank you for joining us for the Blue Economy Primer. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the like button. And be sure to visit our website at www.deepblue.academy, where you can access important links and supporting information about today's podcast, send us your comments and or suggestions for potential guests and topics, get more information about our education and training programs, and join our mailing list, as well as make a much appreciated tax-deductible donation to support our nonprofit education and research initiatives. Thanks again to the Dan Lucas Memorial Foundation and the Train Conservancy, for their critical financial and institutional support. Until next time, when we meet again on the ever-expanding horizons of the blue economy.